0: Today on This Week Health.
1: It's really important to get those heart stories that behavioral health patient who has been struggling for two years, can't work, and having trouble with their family, they're in and out of the hospital, and they've been on an antidepressant that wouldn't help them. Mm. And you can help them and they, they can get a job. If you can tell those kinds of stories, then you can bring the providers around.
0: Welcome to This Week Health Community. This is Town Hall, a show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell, the creator of This Week Health, a set of channels designed to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward. We wanna thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubrik, Trellix, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sirius Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders now on to our show. Hey everybody, I'm Jake Lancaster. I'm an internal medicine physician and the chief
2: medical information officer for Baptist Memorial Healthcare. And today I'm really excited to talk with Jackie Rice, the CIO for Frederick Health, about genetic medicine and what they've been able to do with their EHR Meditech. Jackie, welcome to the program.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm the chief information officer here at Frederick Health. My background is in nursing. I did that for A number of years and have been in IT for about 20 years. So I come from the clinical background that we're doing. I'll tell you a little bit about Frederick. Frederick County is about one hour north of Washington, D.C., and we serve about 272,000 patients. We're the only hospital in our community, and we have about 24 off-sites. We have about 269 beds, so we're an independent, mid-level Small to mid level hospital here in Frederick County. We have a cancer center and many primary care providers, orthopedic surgeons. We run the gamut of those specialties.
2: Well, that's great. It is great to have you. And like I said before, the topic for today is genetics. And normally, when we think about, I guess, big genetic programs, we're thinking large academic health centers yes. and other specialty programs. How did Joel? You know, come into genetics and what were your intentions with bringing it into the EHR?
1: Sure. We actually started a precision medicine program here associated with our oncology center about two years ago, bringing in a navigator and genetic testing to our patients to assist with the oncology program. So it's been in our strategic plan. We have our senior leadership is very vested in this. Our CEO has had some personal experiences with some family members with genetic testing, and we're very enthusiastic about providing that. And actually, we believe that one day people will have genetic testing before we even start their treatment programs. We are really a big believer in that. So we we had a foundation and it was part of our strategic plan. And when I learned that Meditech was developing this genetic module, I raised my hand very quickly and said, we would love to be part of that and collaborate on that. And I've done some first things with Meditech before, and I love the collaboration that you can get as far as doing that. So we already had that big belief. I didn't have to go to the board or the leadership team and say, I really want to do this. We were all in from the beginning, but our goal, once we found out about the genetic testing was to have the discrete data coming into the EHR in Mm -hmm. a way so that providers can order it if they want to themselves. It's not a big process. We can have clinical decision support for our providers, especially right now we're using pharmacogenetics. So that decision support is there for providers when they go to order. We're especially targeting our behavioral health right now and but also very useful for cardiologists and primary care providers. And for them to be able to see that data, there's actually a tab under the lab where you can see all the genetic information that comes in from the various labs. Right now we are interfaced with five genetic labs. So you can see that data right there. Our primary care providers and most of our providers, you have 15 minutes to see your patient, right? So you need to know right away that that patient has had genetic testing. So I can put a widget right out there on your summary screen. And then, right, we've been live about 13 weeks. So not that long, but we are working with our providers for, if you're the behavioral health doctor, what do you want to see on that summary screen that I can put in a widget that's going to make a difference for you and what you do, which is going to be very different from a cardiologist or even the oncologist. And even for oncology, this has been great. You know, They're used to getting their PDFs, the 20 to 30 page PDF sent in to the chart. And then I've even seen them print out the scanned documents so they can highlight things and those kinds of things. And this information is right there. I had one of the oncologists say, I'm not spending 20 minutes even just looking for the PDF in the chart. It's right there. The information is there. We still put along with meditech, we still put the PDF scanned in there in case they want to see it. They're used to it, but that discrete information is there as well and highlight it when there are issues under that genetic tab. We'll get back
0: to our show in just a minute. I'm excited to have Meditech as a partner of This Week Health. They were a great partner of mine when I was CIO at St. Joe's, and we ran 16 hospitals on their platform. And I love their vision for the future. EHRs have the power to transform care. And with Meditech Expanse, you're going to have all the tools you need to monitor at-risk patients, use genetic data for better decision-making, and deliver prompt, personalized care on the go. CY Expands quickly ascended the class rankings to become one of healthcare's top two overall software suites. Visit ehr.meditech.com to learn more. All right, back to our show.
2: Very nice. Yes, we had a similar journey where we started kind of with our oncology group where it made the most sense. And then yes, cardiology was kind of the next obvious one to get involved. Tell me a little bit about some of the challenges you had with implementing this, were there any roadblocks, any obstacles that you had to overcome?
1: Sure. What fun would it be if we didn't have those to overcome? So with technical challenges, I think integration with the labs and seeing if the labs are able to even give you that discrete data and working with Meditech, we are able to work with them to bring in the right format. The other thing that you want to work with when you're doing the kind of genetic testing is, can you negotiate prices with those labs so that For your organization, is there a certain price? These tests can be very expensive and the prices are coming down, which we're very happy about, but still expensive for our patients. And we're very sensitive to that. And also negotiating turnaround times for results, for how quickly they're coming in. We'd like to see these results back in a week. And that sometimes takes some negotiation to make that happen. Also putting the right people in place, like for pharmacogenetics, that was new for us. So we brought in a pharmacogenetic specialist who could do the counseling and the navigation. You really do have to have that person who's going to navigate the patient through. The other thing is our providers, oncology providers. Yes, they've been dealing with the genetic information, but primary care providers or behavioral health providers, they didn't have long courses, and it may have been a long time ago on genetics, right? So how are we going to help them? And one of the ways to do that is having that navigator, developing that trust between the patient, the patient navigators, so they know they have a person to talk to, and then also doing the education with the providers. Providers, we all love to write nice emails to go out, and they're pretty useless for (laughs) That kind of education. We love to do great WebExes and put all the information there, but who has time to listen to those? So so we do all those things, but really having somebody go, providers respond best to that one-on-one elbow-to-elbow support. Although I did, I just recently talked to one site and the best thing that they did was have the providers come in, give them lunch and offer to do genetic testing for them. Oh so I wrote goodness. that down. I'm on that. <laughs> You know, so just so you can involve them and they can see it. So doing that provider education. And I think it's really important to get those heart stories of this is what we found. We found that behavioral health patient who has been struggling for two years, can't work and having trouble with their family. They're in and out of the hospital and they've been on a antidepressant that wouldn't help them Mm. and you can help them and they can get a job. If you can tell those kinds of stories, like we've been telling with cancer and oncology, those, I call them heart stories, then you can bring the providers around for that as well and finding the champion providers for that. And the other thing is our patients, bringing in the patients. And when you talk about genetic testing, they need to understand about what are the costs, And we are very sensitive to this really could be something that is going to be difficult to give the same equal care to everybody if cost is what it comes down to, right? Health equity is where we are with that. So what can we do for grants and those kinds of things for those types of patients? But educating the patients and then besides the cost, it's what should you know as a patient for everything getting the test? So your health insurance is protected by law. But your long-term care insurance or your life insurance may not be if a genetic test is found out there. I think it'd be terrible for somebody to deny you, but you are not necessarily protected as far as that goes. So it's important to talk through those things, make sure the patient understands the whole process. This is going to take how long to get your test back, and then we'll go over the test with you. And having that navigator go over the test results the primary care provider or the behavioral health probably won't have the time to sit down that you put in for the navigator to sit and go over that education with the patient. So those are really important things that we needed to make sure that we set up and that we're putting the right kind of consents in for the patients.
2: No, that that makes perfect sense. Let's go back to the primary care providers for a little bit. I'm an internist. I'm mostly see patients in the hospital, but occasionally I'll see patients in clinic. And you're right. It's been a long time since I've had (laughs) genetics. And to be honest, it was a very short course when we were in medical school and it wasn't highly tested on except for in certain specific scenarios. That's why we mainly think about in the oncology space where it's used heavily. And then when I was at Vanderbilt, we used it. We had a program called PREDICT where we would preemptively screen patients for being Plavix non-responders. And so potentially switching them if they ever had a a heart attack to a different drug. But uh, tell me a little bit more about the reaction from the primary care docs when y'all are going live with this program. I, I can imagine them thinking they're going to get a lot more information coming into the chart that they might not know what to do with. And you mentioned that y'all were using some clinical decision support. So talk to me a little bit about how y'all structured that and the, I guess, how the primary care doctors reacted.
1: Sure. So w- we've given overviews of the whole program. The great thing about what Meditech has put in is we can bring provider groups in as we want, because just for example, our ED docs do not want to see all these alerts. They're not going to make decisions on your antidepressant medication, right? They don't want all those alerts. And we have gone through the third party system that we're working with to bring in the pharmacy alerts, pharmacogenetic alerts. There are different levels alerts, just like There are in all of our EMRs for different medications, right? So we're working through what do the providers want to see and what makes sense at what level and what providers. We're targeting our behavioral health providers first to do that. So we actually have the ability to put them in a group and give them those alerts and not give it to the ED docs, Mm -hmm. And we're in the process of going over what do the primary care providers want to see. So we have several turned on. You know, we always have our physician champions who are great. So we're working through that piece with them. Actually, they're very responsive. They're very interested. But like you said, we need to, I'm going to go see my doctor. I just had these tests done. How is he going to know I even had genetic testing? So we're putting that up there. And then what alerts do we want to alert him to that are there? Now, if he goes in to order a medication for me, all those alerts are turned on. If he would order something that wouldn't be right for me, it would come up an alert and say, you may want to choose a different man. The other thing with genetics is that there are people who a higher dose may be needed. So you get that alert because you might get a lower dose that just you're just a high metabolizer. It's not going to matter. So overall, it's been a great response, but we have metered the rollout, which I think is necessary considering the complexities that are there. Now, if they go to the genetic tab, it's still there for them to see those kinds of things, but all of those alerts and stuff we're working through But overall, it's been great. I mean, we really want the patients to not take medications they don't need and to take the right doses or the right medication that they need. So
2: so who instigates the order for a genetic test? Is that, do you prompt the primary care docs to do it in the case, you know, they're on an antidepressant or is that all done in the background? How does that work?
1: So what we're doing is right now we can run. We have registries, so different medications can show up and our pharmacogenetic navigator can see those lists and she can actually reach out to the provider and make a recommendation. Mm -hmm. If that comes up, we will allow the providers can order, any of the providers can order genetic testing. Most of them don't want to do that until they talk to the navigator, right? And that's there for them. And I I don't blame them because usually there's a reason or something has come up. So we're doing it both ways. The provider can initiate it. We're also doing some registries to catch those people who might be on some drugs that we know are out there. There's that list of things that could have genetic markers that we could target and do a reach out. The navigator would do a reach out to the provider, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. That's a good approach. So have you noticed an increase in testing since y'all gone live
1: with the program? Yes. And and results. Yeah. Well, and it's the basic education too. Uh, it's out here and it's kind of new and we, we intend to keep putting that up there. We're in the coming year, going live with a couple of other labs, one of the things we're very excited about is we have had a weight loss program for several years. So Neutrogenetics, we have a lab targeted for that. And that's an up and coming area for, you know, are you better off eating protein or a lot of protein or something else? Or do you have genes associated with something and supplements? So our doctors in the weight loss program are, are very excited about it. And every time we talk about it, we get lots of volunteers. Like, I would like to be tested.
0: We'll get back to our show in just a moment. I wanted to take this opportunity to share with you our next webinars on October 13th. We have Delivering Better Patient Experiences with Modern Digital Infrastructure. During this conversation, we're gonna discuss multi-cloud, how to modernize health IT, and a blueprint for creating an agile digital infrastructure without impacting the quality of care. If all those things sound really complicated, we're gonna make them less complicated for you on this webinar. This webinar has five campaign episodes. You can view them before the webinar to learn more. You can find these episodes as they release and register for the webinar at thisweekhealth.com. Click on the upcoming webinar section in the top right-hand corner, and I look forward to seeing you there. Yeah, yeah we
2: had a guest on a different podcast that I'm on recently. Yeah. Always quotes that 70% of your weight is genetics. The rest is your good habits of eating and exercise. Yeah. But how have the interns companies responded? Are, are they paying for these tests or is it largely out of pocket for the patients and how have the patients responded to it? Yeah.
1: I think we're in the infancy of that. That's why one of the things we're reaching out to our payers saying we want to do this preventative thing. We're going to, you know, gather data since we're not an academic site. NIH is pretty close to us down here at the National Institutes of Health. So they are going to do some collaboration with us. But I think that's what we're going to have to show to the payers to get them to pay. We've also negotiated down the cost with some of the labs of, okay, for your organization, if you order the test, this is what the patient will have to pay. And the other thing that we're doing is we are self-insured. So we're actually offering to all of our employees who are in our insurance that we will do the genetic testing because we believe in that preventative medicine piece of it, So we hope to get some data from that also. And we've had very good patients so far. We're just rolling that out currently to our employees. And we have had patients, that's why they always see the navigator before we do the testing, to understand the cost and make sure they can do that. And again, we do understand this could be a health equity issue. So we're looking into some grants or what funds could we have to help people who are, you know, to have those high markers or those things that we think could help.
2: No, that's great. And, and I like the fact that you will have that, would you call it pharmacogenetic counselor? Yes, like, navigator.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah,
2: I think that's a piece that maybe a lot of places wouldn't have thought to do. What other advice would you give to organizations that are considering going this route?
1: I would say get that leadership buy-in. I was lucky enough to have that there. I think those hearts and minds stories really help with that. We had some of those good stories to begin with when we started our precision medicine program a couple of years ago about breast cancer patients and the things that we did for those. I think we're going to have to work on the ROIs and hopefully share that. With everybody so that we can all see the benefits like we have a 20 minute time savings for placing a genetic order now. So if you think about all the orders that you place, if you can save 20 minutes, the time savings for a doctor who's looking 20 minutes for that 20 or 30 page. PDF and he has the results right in front of it. So we're trying to measure some of those kinds of things, but the biggest thing is the outcome for the patient. So how many patients can we find that we actually change the medications on in behavioral health? We'll be monitoring that and watching that or cardiology. And those are the big things. And really just thinking about what you're going to do as far as educating your providers, because They do want that. They want it in small chunks. And I'm happy with our EMR that we're able to turn on and off some of the areas. If we had had to turn everything on globally, I would have had a lot of ED docs calling me.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Tell me a little bit more about the educational efforts you've had for your physicians. You you mentioned you're not just going to send an email out about this, but what all have you done?
1: Right. We had information sessions, provides food always provide food for our docs. And we have done some WebEx trainings. We've put some trainings out there that they can go and do independently. And we're we're all the time bringing things new on and training, but we really believe in sending some people out and actually going to their department meetings And then going to meet them when they are working. We have a team that does that with our primary care providers, just with the EMR for trainings that come up and personalizations, because a lot of this to make it work for the hospitalists out there and the primary care providers is going to be making that information, putting it in a place that they can see and digest quickly and be able to use. Doesn't do any good if it's stuck three tabs back and three clicks back. We all know about the click situation. So it's got to be right there in front of them so they find value in it.
2: That's great. Thank you so much for speaking me with me today. I know I learned a lot. Are there any final lessons or final takeaways you want to leave with the audience?
1: No, I just really believe that this is up and coming. I think that other people should think about getting ready for it. I think this is going to be consumer driven in just a few years because they're going to be pushing us more and more to do this.
2: No, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Well, thank you
0: again. And thank you everybody for listening. I really love this show. I love hearing from people on the front lines. I love hearing from these leaders. And we want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. We also want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Serious Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. If you want to support the show, let someone know about our shows. They all start with This Week Health and you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. There's Keynote, Town Hall, and Newsroom. Check them out today. And thanks for listening. That's all for now.